friends, Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast, the show for IT professionals everywhere. If you support businesses of any type, any size, we're here to help you do that better, smarter, and faster. One of the things that I like to do is talk to other professionals in the area, and I especially like talking to fellow Florida men. That's what we're going to do today. I have Reginald Andre, the CEO and founder of Arc Solvers. He goes by Andre. Yes. You're in the house, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks for being here on the show. Of course, we wanted to do this in person. Andre is from Miami, right down the road, but both of us had a heavy, heavy schedule this week, so we're we're doing it by Zoom. That's right. It works too. All right. So, Dre, we met, well, was it about a year ago now at one of the, I think it was the app, was it the App River one or the HP one? I think it was the HP one. HP one. Okay. Yeah. Down in your neck of the woods. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We met first time. I had never heard about you and I was like, oh man. So we started following each other on, on uh, social media. Yep. And you've got a company down there, Arc Solvers, um, that you started, what was it, 2010? Yes. And for folks, if you want to know how to grow a business, Andre has certainly done that. Uh, you went through a stretch where you guys were considered the fastest growing business, what, three years in a row? Yep, three years in a row, fastest um, cybersecurity and IT growing business um, with the South Florida Business Journal. All right. So what was that growth like? So when you started, was it just you and you blew up or how did it, how did it all go? Well, uh, my story starts actually from my um, how I even started with through CompUSA. If you remember, you know CompUSA. CompUSA. Oh my goodness, that's going back. Yes, yes. So that's kind of how I got started, um, just in the tech field. You know, um, I was going to school to become an English teacher, and uh, one day this guy comes in and he buys uh, shopping cart after shopping cart after shopping cart full of items, and at the end of the sale. He asked me to like, hey, can you set this up for me? Because it wasn't like, the, you know, how we have the, the Geek Squad Best Buy where they're coming to your house and set up everything. So he gives me um, his address and I said, sure, I can go ahead and set up everything for you on the weekend. And uh, that's when my journey in, uh, in IT started. All right. Well, that sounds a little bit like me. Uh, I was working at a store. We did not do on-site service and customers always wanted us to go on site and do stuff for them. And I finally said to the owner, I, there's probably some money out there. So here I am 27 years later, still going strong. Now, let me ask you this. So you were going to school to be an English teacher. Yes, I was going to school to be, become an English teacher. I, I love and I still have that passion for kids and giving back to the community. But you were working at a CompUSA store. Yep, it was down the street from my house. And I needed to, you know, my mom is a first generation Haitian American. So she couldn't, uh, you know, afford to put me into the traditional university. So I had to, you know, pay pay as I went to school. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, regular listeners aren't going to understand this, but was the store that you were at, is that the one at the Glades Interchange? That is correct. Sir. Yeah. Did you go there? <laughs> so I went there. Oh, okay. This is going to sound horrible. So back in 1989, we needed, I was uh, president of the student government at Palm Beach Atlantic, uh -huh. and we needed a hard drive for our computer. At the time, we had two five and a quarter inch drives. 
<laughs> but we 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 knew that we needed a hard drive, so I drove from Palm Beach down to that store and spent three hundred dollars for a forty meg hard card. Wow, wow! I didn't <laughs> even know the store was there back then. <laughs> it was a, so what what a journey there. All right, so you, uh, wow, so you've got nice journey there. Now you you. So you did that, but you had another company before Arc Solvers. Yeah. So, um, so, so now I'm the guy gives gives me his address, and I'm going, you know, through the MacArthur Causeway. And I grew up in Miami Gardens, which at the time was one of the most dangerous cities in South Florida. And my mom had never taken me outside of where I grew up. So now this is here. I am, 20 years old, on the MacArthur Causeway, overlooking you know, South Beach and the the boats and the cruise ships and the palm trees. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I had never been exposed to this. That's, right? that's pretty nice over there. It's pretty nice. Yeah. yeah, that's the Miami that I always see on TV. But I'm like, that's not my neighborhood. And um, so I go on the 17th floor and this guy has a, a, a beautiful view of the of the ocean and the marina. And um, after I set up all his computers, this guy comes in and says, uh, one of his friends comes in and says, wow, who set this up for you? And he's like, Andre did. And he's like, can you come to my house? And in a six-month period, the guy that I met at CompUSA is sending me to all of his friends to set up his their computers. And this is like Windows 7 days. So, you know, viruses and installing software with the CDs and things like that. And one day, the guy that I met at CompUSA, he calls me. He says, hey, Andre, I didn't tell you this, but I'm a retired 41-year-old multimillionaire from New York. And I know you're going to school to uh, become an English teacher, but I want to start a business with you. Whatever you're making at CompUSA, I'm going to double it, and let's start a business together. I go to my mom, and I tell her the story, and she's like, this is why I came to America. This is the American dream. Go for it. And I went for it. Wow. Uh, talk about a lottery ticket almost, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So for we were the kings of Miami Beach for, um, you know, for nine years. We had over a million in sales. Um, everybody knew us. And uh, we had about nine employees. And, you know, my business card says vice president. My email address said managing partner. But I went to my boss and I says, you know, there's nothing actually in writing that actually says that we're we're partners. And can we do that? So he told me, yeah, no problem. Give me a couple of months and we'll get something in writing. And can you guess what he did, Marvin? Uh oh. What did he do? He let me go. Uh, he called me to the door and he said, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to let you go. And this is working at this business for nine years, 18 hours a day with him. And yes, he was the money man. He was the one that put the money in, but I was the one that was the company, you know? And um, as I'm going to, through the garage, you know, with literally $100 in my pocket, he didn't even give me the last pay. And this is 2009. This is rock and roll days where the money would come in and you would just spend it. So right. I didn't even have savings. And I remember the quote from uh, Rocky that says, you know, it's not how hard you get hit. It's how you get back up. And from there, I started um, Arc Solvers. Um, and that was about um, almost 14 years ago. All right. And you guys are doing gangbusters down there uh one of the reasons i wanted to get you on is you are not just thriving in business but you're all over the news man 
Yes, yes. Um, one of the things that we focus on in our in our business as far as marketing is to be on social media. You know, it's it's very important that um, you know. Yes, we spend money on SEO and we do um, ads and stuff like that. But there's free marketing on Facebook and LinkedIn and things like that. So, um, so that's one of the things I focus on. All right. So before we get too far along, let me go ahead and talk about the thing that made me reach out to you. Uh, it's been all over the news. People have been talking about it in our industry. Uh, the city of Fort Lauderdale, where I reside, and I probably should have focused my marketing efforts on getting them as a client. They recently got hit with a phishing attack and ended up spending $1.2 million uh, in the wrong way. And you were on, uh, were you on both news, uh, CBS and Channel 7? Yeah, I was on uh, ABC, CBS, NBC, and the local newspaper, the Miami Herald. All right. So let's first talk about that, and then we'll talk about the cybersecurity side of it. How did you get yourself to the point where all of the stations are calling you when it comes to cybersecurity? Yeah, so I have on my Google Alerts um, hack, like, you know, Google Alerts for keywords, cybersecurity, hacking, Miami, Florida, all of these alerts. And it came on my phone and I'm like, whoa, this is big. And of course, the city of Fort Lauderdale, like most people or most companies will do, is that if there's bad news, they're going to make sure that it's like at a, you know, after five o'clock on a weekend, <laughs> yeah. something when the world is blowing up and then they're going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, by the way, this happened to us. So they published it around 551 um, that this is when it happened. And, you know, 551, the news cycle is already, they already kind of know what they're going to be talking about yep. at the, for, for the 10 o'clock news. So when I got this, I was like, oh, let me make a YouTube video on it. So uh, 30 minutes later, I just did a YouTube video, which you call, we call newsjacking, where I just take the article and I just put it in my own words and, and you know, my own twist to it. And then um, the next morning, I get a, a instant message from our Instagram and it says, hey, this is Channel 10. We'd like to speak to you. So I immediately call him and he's like, are you um, a Reginald Andre? Did you you know, talk about this on YouTube? It's like, yes. Are you a cybersecurity expert? Yes, I am. Would you like to speak to us about uh, what happened with City of Fort Lauderdale? Of course. And then, OK, come meet our news crews at, um, you know, at the at, in front of City Hall. And then from there, we did that interview and then and then not even knowing that I was doing that interview because it wasn't live. Then Channel 6 called me, then Channel 4 called me and then the news, the newspaper called me all within like a two hours. So I'm just running around that day. I put different shirts. I'm so glad I was already <laughs> saved up and cleaned up. It was a it was an awesome experience. And um, yeah, so that's that's how, how it went about. All right. So, you know, those clips, they're only, you know, one or two minutes long. So they're, they're really snippets and stuff. And they asked you for a list of tips mm -hmm. for people to do so that they would not be hit. Now we should probably go back a step further and tell people how this happened to the city of Fort Lauderdale. Now, everywhere I've read, it was pretty much something where there was a submission of an invoice mm -hmm. from a well-known company and mm -hmm. You know, Moss Construction, I don't know if they're the largest, but they're huge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and for some reason, that invoice came in, got paid, 
And it wasn't until later when they realized that the real Moss Construction did not get that money that they found out it was an issue. So did you address that with them or just the general tips? No, no, because uh, I know I definitely addressed it. I said it can only, there was only one or two ways it could happen. That that someone saw public records that there was a big contract that the construction company got and they went and, you know, found a invoice, you know, found that it's Moss Construction. They created a domain name instead of two S's. They created it with one S or something that with that variance. Um, and then from there, found out who pays the bills at the city and went on the website. OK, let's try and let's see. Um, or the second thing is there was a business email compromise. They were able to see what type of transactions was happening in these emails. And um, and that's what it that's what it did. So I talked about both of those. But, you know, talking about how this could have been prevented. I mean, one point two million dollars on an email to just say, hey, we changed our bank account and here's the invoice. Please pay in the for someone on the other side of the city just to say, yeah, OK, no problem. Uh, we wired it. Please confirm. Yeah, definitely some uh, double checks that need to happen there. Uh, and, and we talk about this all the time with our clients. If you get a request from somebody by email, you need to call and verify. I mean, it's yeah. it's that simple in a lot That's of cases. It. Yeah, a, a phone call to them just verifying, like you just said, would have just resolved that whole thing. I have a my cousin who works for Royal Caribbean. And she says that, you know, they have vendors where they're paying that large amount. It goes to three people, even though it's the same amount every month. It still has three people that verify before a million dollars goes out. Mm. Very interesting. So let's bring this a little closer to home. Most of us don't have clients that are sending out one point two million dollars without checking. Uh, Your company is really known for being the cybersecurity experts and. You know, you said 14 years you've uh, had this company. How did you take that journey to get to this point? By failing every day. (laughs) If you want to know what not to do, you come talk to me. (laughs) Um, That journey started off with, um, like I had mentioned, $100 in my pocket in 2010. I had a crazy non-compete. I couldn't go after any of my past. Oh, my um, goodness. Non-compete? Yeah, yeah. 2010. So things were a little different back then. And it was crazy. It was like a 20 mile radius. And this guy, he was, he, he had money. My boss had money. So he could make my life miserable if I even tried. So, um, from there, I just had to come back to the hood, start knocking on doors. Um, I went to Kinko's. I got some flyers and literally I just went on, uh, one of the major streets here and just went to the businesses and just offered my service because, you know, although again, he was the money man, but I was the one running the company. I knew how to run a company. Um, I just wanted a little piece of of the action, and and um, you know he, he hmm. let me go. So to follow along that story, that's how you got back on your feet. How did you get into managed services and cybersecurity specifically? What what point was that? So my journey has has changed because um, what I started to realize about five six years ago was that repair, computer repair. Um, IT support was starting to shift into cybersecurity. And, and a quick example was I was starting to have customers, you know, you have your basic web route or whatever those, but they were starting to get ransomware. And the tools that I had on their systems wasn't good enough. And here I am having great relationship with my clients. And then 
I tell them I'm being I'm protecting them, but then their emails get hacked because they didn't have, you know, DKIM or SPF or whatever the case is. So also another thing is I noticed and um, at that time we were probably doing, I don't know, about 800,000 in revenue. And what I started to see was that the break fix business and the flat fee IT service business was going away. Perfect examples like how you look at the Uber to the taxi cab driver, where you got the new boy in town is the Uber right. and taking all the clients. And I was starting to lose clients because those clients were going to people that was talking about cybersecurity. Um, so I had to make a decision. I had about $800,000 in revenue, where about 500 of that was IT break fix. And from there, um, I learned something called the 80-20 rule, where 80% of your business comes from 20% of your clients. And when I looked at it, I was like, wow, the clients that are a pain in the butt, that um, dispute the bills, that don't appreciate you, that's like 80% of your 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 clients. Yep. But the top 20 are the ones that like, you give them an uh, estimate, no, no problem. This is what we need. So I did a journey of about four years where I fired 80% of my clients. I let go of some staff. I downsized. And um, I had to just basically shift my business, focus on that 20%. I raised prices and I became a premium service and not just a guy that can just come and fix your computer. Did you do this based on, I'm going to add, let's see, the book, The Pumpkin Plan by Mike Michalowicz. (laughs) I have it right over here. There was two books that, yes, The Pumpkin Plan. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So, okay. So that's because I've, I've done that as well. And, you know, the numbers don't lie. I mean, I had, we fired our largest client uh, back in 2017. They were probably 30% of our business, mm-hmm. but they were f- more than 50% of my time in aggravation. Yes. <laughs> I yes. said, that's got to change. Yes. Um, I, I, I love that book. And there was another one called Built to Sell. Have you heard of that one? I have. I've not read it yet, but I have. It's. I think it's on a list of stuff I'm supposed to get. Yes, yes. But that one talks about how, uh, you know, the end game for all of us is to sell the business or, you know, or if you have kids, you want to pass it down. But if you want to sell your business, you have to make sure that your business is sellable. Right. And it goes through a story of, of that. So that was another book. And then that's when I, re- although I was only about 33 at the time, but I'm still, you know, as the visionary, you got to think about where your business is going to be in 10, 20 years. And reading those two books said, you know what, I got to change the business. Now, I read somewhere your your undergrad degree is business administration, right? Uh, well, I'm a C student, Marvin. <laughs> so I don't want to, you know, I, I went to I went to the community college. Um, and I got a, uh, I got a, uh, what they call a doctor's degree at a community college. And that's when you go to school for eight years and come out with a two-year degree. <laughs> okay. Well, you got the degree. That's all that matters. I got the degree, yeah. so, <laughs> so I have a, I have an associate's degree in business administration and then another one in network technology. Okay. Well, where I was going with that is when I graduated, that was my degree. Okay. Uh, okay. business administration. And I had no intention of being a tech or being in the IT industry. And of course, that's where I ended up. And it seems as though those of us that have a business mind seem to do well in understanding what we need 
to make sure our business survives and that we structure it the right way. And it sounds like you've done that, even though you had to go through your, your pumpkin plan period. Right. Uh, it seems to have served you well um, for where you are today. Now, when we were talking uh, in our pre-chat, uh, we were talking about the marketing of the business. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that you've listened to a few of my shows. You probably haven't listened to a lot, but you know, the world knows me as no marketing Marv. So I'm not out there pimping myself and doing all of that stuff. You are, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of your stuff actually comes from you're heavily involved in uh, things that have to do with the seven figure MSP group, right? That is correct. Yes. All right. So I'm going to be completely honest and open here. I, I am not involved with any of that. Uh, I did reach out to Chris Weiser once to have him on the show and he got busy and couldn't be on. Um, I myself probably could not see myself doing any of that, but it works for some people. There are a lot of people out there that say it doesn't, but you're a, a person that says it works and you're doing it. So tell us a little bit about your marketing strategy that has helped you specifically when it comes to being one of the fastest growing for three years straight. Yeah. So um, with the seven figure uh, Chris Weiser program, there's a lot of things. It's like drinking from a fire hose. But one thing that they talk about is that you there's so much noise. You know, when someone picks up their phone and they're going on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, there's so much noise. And how is it? that you are now on top of their mind. So one of the things that I do is that if I'm your client, excuse me, if, if you're my client, I friend you on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on all of the social media platforms, because one day you may leave to go to another job and I and I lose contact with you. And, you know, there's one thing, if I called you 30 times a month, you would block me and say, don't ever contact me again. But if I post 30 times a month and I'm just, you know, I'm not saying bye, bye, bye. It's kind of uh, for Gary V. if you've heard of. Yep, Gary V. yeah. He has a book that's called Jab, 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 Right Hook. So on my posts, it's very, very, um, it's not fake. It's it's real stuff, but it's, it's very, um, I'm not thinking of a word, but basically, what I do is I post about my family. I post about my uh, religious. I post about that. But then maybe for every four posts, I post one post about my business, about cybersecurity. And again, it's the, the idea is that I'm not putting in your face, buy for me, buy for me, buy for me. I'm, I'm just saying Reginald Andre, family man, you know, uh, going out with his son, you know, on a vacation buy from me. And I found that that's worked because I've had a lot of um, put the old clients and not necessarily the owners, but, you know, the assistant manager or or just someone. And then I'm friends with them. And then, you know, they leave six months later, like, oh, hey, I'm always seeing your posts. How's your kids doing? I never talked to them about my kids. And then all of a sudden, hey, I'm over here now. Can you help me? Yep. You're definitely uh, all over the LinkedIn. I see you there. Uh, I was going to ask you and this is not a normal question that I ask uh, my guests, but in your, I forget what the name is, the tagline under your yes. LinkedIn, man of God, husband, father, entrepreneur, cybersecurity, um, and you put 
in that order. Yes. That probably resonates a lot with your clients. It it does um, because it it just shows what's important to me. You know, I'm uh, technical. I I can walk the walk for a little while, but after that, I hired. I'm a C student. I hired a student to handle the technical work. Um, no, and that's important for me because I I, I oof, my last uh, my my last marriage. I've been married to my wife now for eight years, but prior to that. Um, there was a lot of late nights and there was a lot of weekends and there was a lot of things that were just not in priority. And that caused um, one of the reasons why, you know, things didn't work out. So um, as I've matured in my life, I realized that, you know, a client calling at eight o'clock at night because they have, I mean, yes, sometimes it's, 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 it's a valid reason, but you have to set boundaries and you have to make sure that what um, what matters to you the most is taken care of. And especially as we're getting older and we're starting to go to more funerals, you're realizing that, man, life is short. And um, and your son and your children and your family is they're either going to remember that you were never there because you were always working or they're going to remember that you were there. And that's the balance that I'm trying to do Um so, and it's it, obviously it's a struggle not to say I don't work nights and weekends sometimes, but I try my best not to. Yep. I, I get that. And we're in a similar situation in the sense that I don't have children as young as you, but uh, the wife and I work together here in the business and she's been gone for the last week because she's up visiting her mom. Oh, and okay. uh, it's, yeah. that's something important to her that she has to be able to visit family. Uh, her mom and dad are, are getting up there. So mm-hmm. having that time, um, is important to her. So I've had to, I've had to suck it up a lot this week, which was one, one of the reasons I couldn't have you come here. Cause okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just running around and, and uh, too busy here. Uh, another thing that you do on your LinkedIn is you, you know, you mention all the stuff you put on there, not just the family stuff, but you are very active in the community. You were doing something at uh, Broward college. Um, there was uh you got recognized for something. Uh, what was it? The pillars, yeah, 2023 yeah. conference. What What is that? Yeah, the Pillars Conference. So we were recognized with um, a, a very um, nice group of people, Padrino's Restaurant and then an author, architecture. And basically it was uh, speaking about um, the power of now and how you're supposed to live your life for the now. Um, and it was at the Pillars Hotel in Fort Lauderdale. Beautiful. And it was to the students and community. Um, and you know, remember when I told you I was going to school to become an English teacher? Yep. So one of the things though, that because my, I pivoted my career is that, you know, Marvin, you're probably never going to have a client that calls you sincerely to say, oh my gosh, Marvin, thank you so much. You know, you helped me and I was able to make another million dollars because you kept us up and we never got cyber attack. But for me, I have that itch of like being in my heart, someone that wanted to teach, I'll never get that experience of going to Target and then someone saying, hey, Mr. Andre, remember that one time when I was in seventh grade, you you just told me something. You probably don't even remember, but this changed my life. Meet my kids, meet my wife. Thank you so much. And I wanted to teach. That That's what's really in my heart. So I guess that's kind of like, a, you know how like you can have grandparents and they'll take your kid for a few hours and then they're like, give it back. So I think that's the same thing for me where I'm involved in the community. 
I can't do it full time, but that's just the way to get that itch of giving back. So so that's that's why I'm involved, because I do truly care about our, our future, especially being a a, you know, growing up in Miami Gardens, no father in my life, a lot of different things that could have uh, turned my life. And if you look at the block that I lived in in Miami Gardens, my four friends are in to all respect to them, but either they have a dead end job, they're dead or they're in jail. And I want to be sure that, especially in my community, I I help as much as I can. Well, that is fantastic. I I was going to make a comment when you said it earlier. Miami Gardens, uh, people realize, you know, who I am, my background, and when I say I don't want to go to Miami Gardens, <laughs> people are like, "Ooh, that must mean something." Uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's much better now. Let's say that much better, much better. But, uh, back then I, I never wanted to get lost in certain areas of Miami. And but, because of that, I was in downtown Miami. My office was there for, for many years. And I said, I need to bring it back. I need to show the community and, and the, the kids that I mentor there that you can have a business here in Miami gardens. And I did that. And I even it, purchased a house in Miami gardens. You know what? I did not pay attention to that. I uh, we had talked about doing an MSP cribs at your place. Uh, I didn't realize that. I know the problem is, is you've got you're you're all over the place. I mean, you're in Miami Gardens, but you're you're in Miami, you're in Fort Lauderdale, Plantation, Hollywood. Uh, so you you are around, and you know, pretty much an example of listen, folks. If you want to grow your business, it can be done, even in a place like Miami, as as yes. big as Miami is. Uh, one of the hardest things that we have down here is, you know, people are fighting to get to the bottom, lowest prices out there, um, you know, trying to do managed services for $30 in endpoint. Yep. 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 Killing us out here. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, and, you know, we have an influx of an international community and, and with cybersecurity, it's not regulated. So someone can go to Kinko's and say, print me a hundred cards and all of a sudden, they're cybersecurity experts. Yeah. Um, so we were going to talk a little bit about, you know, the way you do managed services and fees and stuff. But I, I, I like where this conversation has gone in terms of the emphasis that you put on community and doing things the right way. Is there a message that you would like to get out to other IT business owners uh, about, you know, persistence and doing things right? Do, do you have words of wisdom that you'd want to share? Definitely. I've had scenarios where, um, quote unquote, my competitors are quoting jobs and they're cutting corners. And in our industry, it's easy to cut corners. I've seen where people have purchased refurb servers and computers and sold it to the clients as new. I've seen where um, estimates that says, you know, they're providing cybersecurity but they're doing like no phishing testing. Like they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing and going back to undercutting. So I would say that um, sometimes, not sometimes, but all the time, um, it's always worth doing things the right way because it's going to come back to you. It's it's going to come back. And that's something that I know that when I sleep at night, um, yep, I may not be the cheapest. I'm, I'm probably going to be the most expensive one. But I sleep at night knowing that I'm doing the best to protect my uh, my customers and not my bottom line. You made a point earlier about customers not really showing appreciation. You know, uh, we get very few thank yous 
in in our line of work, especially from the businesses, because we're treated a certain way. But an example that I'll share with you is uh, last holiday was no, it was right after the holidays. I think it was February or March. A client called us up and said, "Hey, we have an extra room on a cruise. We'd like for you and your wife to join us." This was a client that. I forget it. I think it was like 17 years ago when I first met with them. Uh, didn't want us to do their support. They wow. stayed with somebody else. And to make a long story short, we came back into their world and have been with them since. They are now my second largest customer. And they're the type of customer, like you mentioned earlier, when I make a recommendation to them, they're like, Marvin, whatever you want, you do. Because you have taken such good care of us. And, you know, that's who we want as clients. Now, you know, we've got to do what we say we do. We've got to walk the walk. We've got to do things right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. But when you do that, there are customers that will appreciate it. Yeah, there's plenty of customers out there that's going to that can appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Well, Andre, I think we're going to go ahead and end this here because I've got more questions, but I think I'd like to regroup and maybe ask you for another podcast, one that we can do maybe live either at your place or mine and uh, share a little bit more. Absolutely. I'll enjoy one of the mugs back there and we'll drink some coffee. Together. <laughs> all right. We'll get you a mug for sure, folks. Uh, all right. Uh, Andre, actually, let me get this right because it's Reginald Andre. Let me, let me ask, let me go ahead and ask. We didn't, we didn't do this before. And I've, I've always re- in the back of my mind thinking, why did you have people start calling you Andre instead of by your first name? So I'm French, I'm Haitian American, and we a lot of times you'll see that there's two first two names, first right? names, right? Yeah. So just uh, from high school, people uh, called me Andre, and it just stuck. My mom still calls me Reggie and Reginald, uh, but but for the most part, ninety five percent of people call me Andre. Okay. All right. So Andre is the CEO of Art Solutions one of the fastest growing cybersecurity and IT service providers in Miami, Florida, doing it right. Andre, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. All right. That's going to do it folks for this episode of the podcast. Uh, Tune in to itbusinesspodcast.com, select your favorite podcatcher and sign up for these shows. So you never miss a beat. We'll be back with a live show next Wednesday, 8 PM Eastern. And that's going to do it. I mean, I have all the links for Arc Solvers, and I think I need to find a link for the books, of course, The Pumpkin Plan, and I'm going to go find the Gary V book, Jab, 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 Right Hook, so you can yep. get those and put them in your library. Andre, thanks for those. Um, we'll see you soon, folks, and until then, holla. <laughs>